now tuned into the greatest. Peace up, Peace A-Town. Up. This is it. Allow me to reintroduce myself. Alright, alright, alright everyone, welcome back to The Conversation with Khalif. I am your host, of course, Khalif Like a Leaf on a Tree, and today we have a very exciting conversation. We have a very heartfelt conversation today. I'm having a conversation with Christian Javier, who is one of my good, good, good friends, and we are talking about what led to their detransition. We're talking about life before, during, and after transitioning. This is going to be very, very sensitive, so a little bit of a trigger warning in for anyone out there of the trans experience you may or may not feel a little triggered by some of the topics we're discussing today but i'm just gonna go right ahead and get into it so everyone please welcome to the conversation christian javier hi hey i'm excited i'm gonna try so hard not to let my little Nicki minaj accent come through i've been listening too much Nicki minaj lately and it's just like you know the queen radio demon is coming out of the queen radio demon is just coming out of me (laughs) but yeah so before we get started i want you Mm -hmm. to introduce yourself tell everyone who you are where you're from and what your pronouns are well my name is christian javier um a lot of people may know me from clubhouse as the intuitive potty you know because a lot of people seek for my services as a spiritual i would like to say a spiritual hottie i don't really like to call myself like a guru or shit like that because i still have a lot of things to learn i'm only 26 like anyways (laughs) (laughs) um i'm from the bronx born and raised and um i'm still currently living in new york and i'm just here to just I don't know, give people clarity. Damn. Oh, wait, did you say your pronouns? <laughs> oh, my pronouns, Um, they differ, but I always tell people it's a they, them, he, his, she, her, whatever. So all of Period. the things like, you is can what it's sit giving. Down, right, you can sit down and play with my pronouns. I'm totally okay with that. Um, Yeah, I'm totally fine with whatever people want to call me. <laughs> perfect, perfect. So... Um, I want to start off by asking you, since today, I'll, I will, I'll give a brief disclaimer. Today, what we're not giving and what we are giving, what we're not giving is a, uh, typically when you hear stories about detransitioning, it's encouraging anti-trans type of legislation and anti-trans propaganda. That ain't what it's giving. You know, you already know that's not what it's giving. Okay. Absolutely. Right. But what Much we are talking about is, community. what we are talking about today is just your journey, Christian, and um, life is a journey. So that's what we're talking about. So I want to start off by talking about what it was like for you growing up in the Bronx. Growing up in the Bronx, um, I would like to say that I'm from, I'm from an area that's not too crazy. There's a lot of older people. And, you know, when there's a lot of like old people in your vicinity, it's not like, it doesn't get too wild, you know? So Growing up in the Bronx, it was it was really, really interesting, especially since I was in private school. And, you know, like, I was just like, mm, I don't live in a crazy area. It wasn't too wild. I, I had a pretty much, I had a good childhood. I would definitely say that. But as I was trying to come into myself and realize who I was, because, um, you know, that did happen at a young age, I started, you know, 
just picking at myself and just noticing that there were certain things about me that weren't as common um, with other little boys. I was just like, hmm, something is different about me, mm. you know? So growing up in the Bronx with that mindset, it was very scary. It was absolutely terrifying. <laughs> that, that's what I'm going to say. <laughs> so you said you were noticing things about yourself that weren't common. What, what were those things that you were noticing about yourself? Because I had little brothers always around me. <clears throat> Sorry. I had younger brothers always around me and younger, you know, little cousins who were born biologically male. I always noticed that I wasn't as, I wasn't as masculine as, as them, you know, especially at a very young age. Like they would talk about cars. They would talk about girls. They would talk about like, I don't know, like things that little boys would talk about. And I was just like, hmm, like I kind of don't fit that. Like, like I'm interested in other things. Like I like playing with dolls. I like, you know, Barbie movies. I like brats and shit like that. Like I was always kind of like, hmm. I like, I swear to God, I've noticed it at the age of like five. I was like, maybe I'm, I was born in the wrong body. And mm. I remember always falling asleep and thinking that I was going to like wake up as a girl and there was times in my childhood as well where I was I felt masculine at some points you know like I did want to talk about games like I wanted to talk about video games I wanted to talk about toys like that pertain to the males you know quote-unquote society's norm I did want to play with cars play with like G.I. Joes and like guns and shit like that. So it was a very confusing childhood, I would say. It's kind of like I felt that femininity inside of me, but I also had days where the masculinity always bursted out as well, you know? Yeah, I, yeah. for one, definitely. I mean, I am one of the the OGs when it comes to playing with brat dolls. Man, okay. them dog brat dolls were so <laughs> cute. And if you notice today, like the girls, like when they do their makeup, they kind of look like brat dolls sometimes, which I think is so fab.com. I was obsessed. To this day, I still kind of like be doing my makeup and, you know, like I still be trying to like mimic a male brat doll. Or if not, like, I was so obsessed with like my scene dolls. I remember I begged my father for him um, to get me a collection of those dolls for Christmas. And that's when my father kind of like realized that there was something, you know, like something different within me, but he never judged me. That's the thing. I've never had parents that were as judgmental as certain people that I know. Mm -hmm. um, he never judged me for it. And he just, he was more curious as to understanding why I was a boy and why I wanted to play with dolls, why I wanted dolls and things like that. So they found me a family therapist and the therapist told my father at a young age, hey, listen, your, your son might be transgender. You How know? old were you um, when you heard that for the first time? I was like six or seven. Yeah, I was six or seven. I had very feminine ways. And um, when I speak about feminine ways in a child, like I was, you know, <laughs> like I was kind of like very like flamboyant. I was very like rainbows and sunshines and skipping through the halls and things like that. Um, she had told my father that I was transgender. 
and that within time, um, you know, I would probably want to transition. So my father, um, he completely understood at the time because my father is Indian and Indian culture, they believe in um, transgenderism. You feel me? They believe mm. in, in, it's called the third sex, you know, and they're called hedras in Indian um, communities. And they're often considered a blessing because it's kind of like you have both divine masculine and divine feminine in one body. A lot of the times when babies are born, hedras go and they bless um, the child and the child is supposedly set up for good luck and good fortune in the future as they continue to grow older. So my father was, he was okay with it. He was a little disappointed because he just wanted to continue his lineage of boys. My mm -hmm. father only has boys. Like it's 14 of us and nine of us are boys. So he was like, <laughs> I, 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 he was like, I just can't get enough. He was like, I got to have all boys. Yeah. Swear to God. <laughs> it's interesting what you, were, um, what you were saying mm -hmm. about like uh, going back to something you said earlier about like the toys that you like to play with and stuff. And it's interesting yeah. because I look back and think about um, how certain toys were pushed on certain genders. But like for me, I loved playing with Superman and I love also playing with Barb, not Barbie, the Bratz dolls. Cause we didn't really have, my, my sister didn't have Barbies. I used to play with my sister's dolls hair and cut it and do different things with it. And I mm -hmm. think it's interesting because more so nowadays, um, parents, at least the parents that I'm seeing, I'm speaking from, um, shout out to my sister. Um, she's an amazing mother. Um, and she, she lets my niece play with whatever toys she wants to. My niece loves to play. I have a toy car that I um, had growing up. And my niece, I mean, of course, I don't play with it now. I'm an adult. But now <laughs> I'm noticing my niece loves to play with that car. And it's not a thing of like, oh, that's masculine. or It's just a car. It's just a toy. And I feel like I don't know. I don't think my mother ever pushed uh, certain toys on me. I don't I never had a Bratz doll. It was always me playing with my sister's toys. But, you know, that was back back in the day. Um, but when did you, uh, first realize that, well, you were told, like you say you were six, correct? When, yeah. um, so when did you start, um, wanting to actually do a physical transition? Mm. This is where it gets interesting. <laughs> um, I would say definitely at the age of 12, I remember I was in seventh grade and this is how I knew in particular that I wanted to transition. Um, <clears throat> I was in seventh grade. I had a whole bunch of female friends. Like I only hung out with girls in the seventh grade because it was kind of like, mm, I felt very, very comfortable with the girls. And like, I understood them. I wanted to like talk about the things that they were talking about. So one day we were in, um, we were having lunch in school and, you know, I would sit in a table full of girls and we would just chit chat, whatever. Um, after the, the bell rang, because in my school, this is how it worked. Like we would be at lunch. And then when the bell rang, that means you have two minutes to get to your destination, which means like to your next class. Mm -hmm. So what we would do basically is like go to the bathroom within those two, two minute period. And we would literally just go to class afterwards. But um, the girls got up, whatever. We throw our lunch away. We walk, whatever. The girls are like, okay, we're going to the bathroom. 
So I literally didn't notice that I walked into the girls' bathroom with them. And I was just like, oh my God, I literally completely forgot that I'm supposed to be using the boys' bathroom. Like, what the fuck am I doing? So then I remember just walking out of the bathroom and they were just over here having so much fun, like talking and everything. And I was just like, oh, I got to go into the fucking boys' bathroom. I'm so upset. I'm pissed. And I remember looking at myself in the mirror. I was like, hmm, what if I am a girl? Like deep down inside, what if this is what I'm meant to be? What if I'm supposed to be a girl and I'm just in the wrong body? So I lived with that for a very, very long time, especially, you know, being so young and just hearing, hey, listen, your son might be transgender. Like all of those things played in my head at that point. And it was kind of like, I really felt like, hey, that's what I just had to do. I have to transition. I have to do it. You know, like I have to turn into a girl. That was just my belief at the time you know, just having a 12-year-old mindset. And I remember I started doing my little research on my computer. I was looking it up, like, how to change your sex and things like that, you know, because, again, it's a 12 years... I I just... I was 12 years old. (laughs) So I didn't really know how to properly, like, look into that. So, you know, I was just looking at YouTube videos of transformations and things like that. And I was very intrigued. I was super intrigued about it. And yeah, that's how it happened. It started when I walked into the girls' bathroom with a whole bunch of girls. And I walked out and I was like, oh, fuck. (laughs) I got to go into the boys' bathroom. (laughs) Wow. So Mm -hmm. when was the... um... W- w- not I don't oh gosh I don't want to give the uh the Ricky Lake or the Oprah circa two early two thousands <laughs> of like what what you girl what you get done you had I don't want to ask I don't want to be that girl but um oh feel free people's private parts are private parts I mean it's mm. not my business or whatever nobody's business but when did you like start to physically transition and what was that like for you so i started to physically transition in the summer of 2013 i was 17 at the time um i was about to like graduate high school i was like you know what i'm gonna come out with a bang i'm gonna show everybody who i really am i'm gonna you know i'm just i'm gonna do it all because the thing is that um when i got to high school at the age of 14 I was like, you know what? My hair was like already long. I was like, I'm going to let it grow out. I'm going to shave any type of body hair. Mind you, I didn't develop facial hair until like just recently. It was after I detransitioned that I started growing out facial hair and I started growing out all of my body hair. But even before I transitioned, I didn't have none of that. I was very soft in a sense. I started developing way different than other boys like I noticed that like my brothers would get like deep voices boys were bulking up and I was just like bitch why am I getting softer like (laughs) I started growing breast tissue out of nowhere but it was because I was overweight I was obese I started growing a lot of breast tissue I started growing hips my hair got longer and my skin got softer and I was just like okay wait life is trying to tell me that maybe I should transition Mind you, I was with the same therapist that um, had spoken to my dad about me being trans at a young age. 
So when I started developing differently than other boys, when my, you know, when I was going through my puberty, I was just like, okay, yeah, this is a clear sign that I'm supposed to transition. Like Mm -hmm. I'm meant to be a girl. Like, so I'm just going to fucking do it at the age of 17. Mm. So, you know, at the age of 17, I had super long hair down to like my ass. And then, you know, I had hips and everything and breasts. A lot of people thought I was a girl already. So I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to go back in this, like my senior year of high school. And I'm going to come back as a girl. I'm going to come back completely transitioned. I'm going to take my moans the whole entire summer. I'm going to do everything that I got to do. And I'm just going to change my life because this is what I really feel like I am. I feel like I'm a girl. Like, So I started to transition at the age of 17 in the summer. And when I came back in September, everybody was just like, wow, what the fuck? Like, I had developed a little bit of breast tissue. My face has, had gotten softer. Everything about me was just very, very, very soft. So I was just like, I was at my prime. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it started at 17. I was at my prime. <laughs> Well, I'm going to take a quick break. And when we come back from the break, I want us to talk about um, a little bit more about your transition. And then I want to also start talking about your detransition. You're listening to The Conversation with Khalid. All right. So we are back with Christian Javier right here on The Conversation. I hope y'all are really enjoying today's conversation. Um, Right now we're talking about your transition and detransition. So I want to just go right into it with um when at one po- at what point in your transition did you realize that you were maybe not I don't want to say on the path that you your I don't know how to exactly phrase that. When did you realize it's just not given what you thought it was supposed to give or whatever your reasoning behind it? Mm-hmm. So I would definitely say it was at the age of 22. That was when I completely detransitioned. Mind you, I was already sitting. Like, I was moaned out. Like, you know, I was getting ready to have a breast augmentation because I had a lipo at 21. So I had, you know, fulfilled a little bit of my surgery experience and everything. I feel like that's just, that was all that I needed in order for me to really just sit down and, you know, start living life with a more just like a better view, I would say. (laughs) So um, I was going to have a breast augmentation at the age of 22. And I just remember, um, wow, this is where it gets intense. I just remember I was in an abusive relationship. And Mm. I remember just really sitting down and hearing the person that I love, like, you will never be like, you know, a woman, you would never be like someone that is just, I don't know, like acceptable in society. I I remembered all of those things just replaying in my head. And I was just at one point, I was just like, maybe this is not for me. Like this whole lifestyle, me living as a woman, maybe it's just not meant for me due to the simple fact that like, as those six years of me being um, 
in the in the in the body that I thought I was supposed to be in, I would still have certain moments where it was kind of like, hmm, is this really me? Like I remember I would look into the mirror, I would like play with my hair and everything. And I was just like, I just wanna express my masculinity too. There's still a certain type of masculinity that lives within me that I feel like I want to project to the world. But I can't do that now since I'm living in the body of a woman. Mm. You know? It's interesting I ex- that you um, feel that way, uh, mm-hmm. or felt that way, because I feel like a lot of people, um, whether they're um, a woman or a man, feel like they can't, they they have a difficult time navigating the their feminine energy for men and their masculine energy for women. So it's interesting. that you said that but um go ahead (laughs) it was very difficult for me because there were a lot of times that I do like I did want to express myself in a masculine way and it was just like I didn't want to confuse people I didn't want to sit down and like have people like what the fuck are you trying to be like you're already trans so it's kind of like why are you being masculine I I didn't want to sit down and do it to myself Mm -hmm. you know so it was kind of like I battled a lot within those six years with my femininity and my masculinity. And I started getting like this dysphoria of myself. Every time I would look into the mirror, like I would see like manliness and things like that. And people would always tell me like, your face is sitting, like you're good. Like everything about you is good. You're okay. Like, you know, you got your surge, you're tucked and sucked. Like there's nothing that you know you like you're good but I was just always like no like it's deeper than that and I felt like when I transitioned like I was fully living myself like I was fully living as my true self but to be honest with you when I transitioned and a period of time went by I realized that I wasn't really living my true authentic self Mm. you know I felt like damn there's still that masculinity that lives within me so you know just going through that and being in an abusive relationship where someone is telling you like you know you will never be a woman and things like that that shit really does get to you Mm. so at the age of 22 you know two months before my breast augmentation um surgery I just remember I was just like I'm not feeling like myself that whole entire week I was just like, you know what? I'm going to express my masculinity because I'm not feeling it. I'm not feeling like myself. I'm going to do something that is going to just make me, make me feel comfortable. So what I started doing, I started, you know, like dressing up in like boy clothes and things like that. I would have like masculine moments where I would just like, I don't know, like I would just do things that would alter that experience. And I just realized that I got, like, I like I was really comfortable with expressing the double side of myself, you know, like the femininity and the masculinity. And I was just like, I feel like I did the wrong thing. You know, not saying like, this is a lot of people's experiences because it's not, it's just mine. Because this is how I found out that I was um, non-binary. You know, so this is not everybody experiences is just mine. I feel as that <clears throat> I realized that I was just I transitioning wasn't my thing. Like it wasn't it wasn't where I belonged. It wasn't where my soul belonged. Mm-hmm. 
it's a lot of people like it's a lot of people's journey and it's a it's where certain people belong but it, it was just not mine you so know how because- much how much mm-hmm. of outside because i don't want to jump and assume but you said you were in a a toxic relationship um with someone who was constantly tearing you down about your identity mm-hmm. um how much of that outside influence from that um person and other people influence your I mean, how much do you think it influenced your decision to like detransition? Because I can't speak for your experience, but in my mind, I'm thinking like, I'm wondering. I'm yeah, that's the question I want to ask. Yeah. How how much <laughs> of that was really influenced by your own internal dialogue versus the external dialogue from other people? Right. So one thing about me is I have very, very tough skin. And I developed that with, you know, just me transitioning at a very young age and hearing people say everything that they want to say about me, you know. So I've heard it all. And it's kind of like I learned how to grow from it and how not to react and how not to just, you know, how not to care for another person's opinion. There wasn't a lot of outside influences. Um influencing me it was just that one particular relationship where I felt like I really did love this person and it was kind of like yeah hearing that from a person that you love is kind of like it's it's really just it has a way of making you feel like shit you know Mm -hmm. so it wasn't a lot of influences but that particular experience with that person pushed me to a whole new level where I saw myself at a different at a different angle, you know? That's what I would say. But yeah, a so lot. Mm-hmm. How long did you stay with that person? Oh, <laughs> I was with that person since the age of 19. So I, well, I actually knew him before I was 19. I knew him when I was 18 and then we got together at the age of 19. And then I spent a while with him until the age of 22. Yeah. And that's so it was a all- lot. Um, is that when you all broke up? Yeah, that's when I broke up with him. And then I kind of was just like, in the midst of the breakup, that's when I, 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 I did my detransition. Mm-hmm. It's interesting how like you really discover sometimes who you are once you break up with people or whatever. Like um, I can say for my, from my own experience, I really dove really heavy into my um, inter- not into my non-binary transition, but like, cause yeah, my non-binary transition, um, <laughs> because it was, it's always been a, a, uh, more of a mental, um, transition in my mind and what things of that nature. But it's interesting how I really discovered who I was, especially being in a pandemic, um, back in the early, early stages of the pandemic, I, I really discovered who I was once I detached from like the toxic nature of a relationship. I feel like anytime a relationship is fizzling out and you stay in that joker, it's, it's, it's toxic, <laughs> but um, it is. it's very toxic. So I want to talk about um, what has been the greatest joy for you uh, as far as, well, not just in the detransitioning process, but also if we can go back a little into the transition when you were transitioning physically, what were some of those joy moments that you experienced and what are the joy moments that you're experiencing now? Mm-hmm. 
So definitely one of the joy moments was the idea that I had completely found myself. That was a moment where I just felt like I was observed. I mean, I was observing myself at just a whole nother level. And I felt really, really good about myself. That was the joy moment for me. But the joy moment that I currently have right now is the fact that I am able to fully express my femininity and my masculinity without having to, I don't know, without having to just live a whole nother lifestyle that isn't meant for me. I basically was kind of like, if there, actually, if there's anything that I'm trying to give with this story is I just want people to realize that non-binary people exist you know we are often we're often put in the box of trans experiences and it's kind of like I completely disagree with that because again I have so much respect for the trans community like it is ridiculous the things that the trans community has to put up with and the things that they go through and a lot of the times like like trans people don't really have that community and that backup and oftentimes they they have a I wouldn't say like lonely but a lot of the times they're by themselves you know and it's kind of like would you say a lot of times you were by yourself yeah, like, it, it, it was definitely a lonely experience. It was very, very lonely. Like, I remember going to important meetings by myself. I remember doing things that were very, very important that made a mark in my life. And a lot of those things were done by myself. You know, I really didn't have any sisterhood. I didn't really have a community. I didn't really know a lot of people that were trans at the time as well. Like, I just had my gay mother. But, um... It was a very lonely journey. So I definitely do want to give a huge shout out and I want to do, I want to give cred to the trans community because it's, it's very hard. It's very, very hard and it does get lonely. I just wanted to uh, extend a quick disclaimer, uh, re-disclaimer to everyone that these are Christian's experiences. These are Christian's experiences as a person of trans experience. Um, and it's unique to their experience, but it does not uh, encompass everyone within the community. I also wanted to say that I had to take this portion out because I pride myself on keeping this space pretty safe. And I did feel, even though their intent wasn't harmful, that it could have the potential to cause harm for um, members of the community. But if you would like to listen to that portion of this interview and many other things that we're unpacking, you can listen to the after show, which will be available shortly or if it's not already available. Back to the show. I feel like the word of the day, if this were Sesame Street, would be truth because it's all about living in whatever your truth is and in living in your truth, living in the moment of whatever that truth is for you. So I feel like right. this journey for you has been your journey and you needed every step of that journey to get to where you are right now. Now, three, four years from now, we might be having a whole different conversation. Who knows? But right now for you and your journey, I'm so I'm, I'm just I'm happy for you and your journey, um, because life is not like when we talk about journey and what we're going to do with our lives, we always think it's this one destination. I'm going to do this for the next 50 years. Like 
you only live mm-hmm. once. You might as well do everything. And I, I, I mean, that that don't work in here. I said like, a, what was it? Last week's episode, I said life is short. You might as well suck, sit and play with all the dicks you can. But y'all, they ain't got nothing to do with this episode. But um, I'm <laughs> that's my little new favorite thing to say but um life is a journey and there's a train on its journey i don't know if you hear the train coming by but it's a train and let me tell you something by my house but (laughs) i just want to thank you so much for this interview because there has been a lot of people on clubhouse that have been like oh my god like why like you were trans and you detransition like why the fuck did you do that like or they probably just pay me dust. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the girls are, are very known for that. The girls are known for paying the girls dust. So I feel like um, I never really got to express my story until now. Like, you know, and that's why I'm just, yeah, that's why I'm thankful for this whole entire interview. Because, you know, a lot of people from Clubhouse, they follow me on social medias. And they see that I, like, one day I'll have super long nails and then the next day, you know, like, I'll just have a beard and I'll be showing off my masculine side with my hairy chest. And then the next second, you know, like, I might have a wig on and I'm super snatched and, you know, just filling my oats. And it's kind of like, that's just who I am. Mm. I'm really excited about the next generation of humans growing up because... They have a whole new set of knowledge, things that we weren't aware of. I'd never heard non-binary as a child. Um, I don't even think it was a term. I think it was more genderqueer back then. Or I don't even know if that was a term back then, child. I don't know. But I'm really excited for the next generation to not be forced and pushed into a certain binary. um, And just being able to encourage people, parents, um, educators, different people to let people just be themselves without having to... uh, place a label on them or whatever so i'm really excited i'm so grateful that you were able to come on the show child y'all don't know we've been trying to do this interview for a while child and (laughs) i'm just so happy that you were able to come on the show we can have a conversation and as nylee said to me the other week we can conversate which is actually a word you know how language change and things of that nature Mm -hmm. um but yeah i'm so happy that you could come on this conversation well, come have a conversation with me. And if you want to share your, uh, let's see, your social media, uh, your social security, whatever you feel like sharing with the people. <laughs> Don't share your social security. That was a joke. <laughs> 086592. No! Nah, let me stop. <laughs> One, two, three, Sesame Street. Okay, that's what right. y'all heard. Wait, exactly. that wasn't your real social security or nothing, was it? No. Okay, child. I was like, child, I'm not trying to have nobody steal your identity. But anyway, um, imagine. thank you so much for coming. Just share with the people what's your social media. And maybe if you want to share your clubhouse or whatever. Yes. So my social medias are, first is my Instagram at I am Christian Javier. Literally, I am Christian Javier. <laughs> and my clubhouse, you can just find me under Christian Javier. So yeah i'm the spiritual hottie (laughs) well with that i think we are done we did it joe we We did did. it thank you so much for you know providing this beautiful platform i really wish you the best and i hope to see you on tv i want to see you on tv that maybe one day i will have a television show i can see that in my future if you could get into the future it's gonna happen right the next wendy williams Oh, just less controversial. Right, right. I'm trying to be better. I'm trying to be better. 
Well, that is today's episode. Big shout out to my special guest, Christian Javier. Thank you so much. And thank you, Lee family, for tuning in to the weekly show dedicated to helping you look, feel, and be your best self. To keep the conversation going, follow me on all social media platforms. Well, not all, just two. Follow me on Instagram at The Conversation Podcast. That's The Conversation, spelled with a K instead of a C, podcast. And follow me on Twitter at TheyThemCalif. That's They Them, K-A-L-E-A-F. I will see you next week. Bye-bye.